¿Qué almuerzas hoy? Mi nueva creación, arroz y habichuelas. ¿No es lo mismo de ayer? No, estas habichuelas rojitas. Aquí me pongo a cantar Y aunque no soy Martín Fierro De fierro soy futbolero Y de fútbol vengo a hablar Hoy quisiera dedicar Esta décima sentida A los que entregan la vida Por amor a sus colores Son hinchas, no espectadores Y de razas muy surtidas Greetings, Grandstanders! Welcome to another... I uh, did not look up a word that starts with the letter I today, so I'm going to insert uh, uh elaborating edition of Grandstand Podcast. Uh, today we have a very special show. Today we have an Usher's episode. Uh, we're going to be talking to to, uh, to a form, to a already Usher and a new Usher, a person who's also been a, uh, a guest on our show, But before I introduce our two ushers, I'm going to introduce my partner in crime, the professor, checking in from New York City. How you doing, professor? I'm good, good. How's, uh, how are things over there? Uh, great. Wonderful. Um, on vacation now, so, um, so yeah, everything is, the, the city is, is awesome these days. Hey, I couldn't think for the life of me, you told me a funny story yesterday. Do you remember what it was at the end of our conversation? No, which one? Shit, I can't remember. I was trying to, like, on my way home, I was thinking, you told me something really funny. I'm like, I have to bring that up. But apparently, uh, do you remember anything funny that happened to you yesterday? Really mm. absurd? Oh, d yeah. Um, That's probably it. I, I watched the, I, I saw a guy, uh, <laughs> I saw a guy take his ball and go home at, at the basketball that, yes, court. Yes, that's it. That's it. That's yeah. it. Can you, can you please just tell that story real quick? <laughs> mm. Yeah, um... So there's a there, uh, in Lower Manhattan. There's a, a basketball court called the Cage. It's on Sixth Avenue and West Fourth Street, and it's a it's a pretty it's a famous basketball court. So people, uh, locals and tourists gather around um, the fence to watch the to watch people play basketball. And and for the most part, it's sometimes they have actual organized tournaments, but usually it's um, pickup games that are going on. And you have certain players that are kind of regulars. And um, I've been watching games at the cage for about six years now so um i i know a lot of the guys who are just like the 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 regular players there the usual suspects who um who all kind of ham it up like they they all kind of play a character to a degree and they 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 they, they like to play up for the crowd and um and so yesterday some guy uh who just looked funny in itself like he had He had like really blonde curly hair and a bandana and he was he was like five seven, like around a bunch of like dudes over six feet tall and um and had a really like orangey tan. Um and uh he got in a fight with somebody on the side he wasn't even playing, but but he got in a fight with someone on the sideline and, and the and his uh, I noticed that they were kind of arguing with each other. But it's but on the in these courts people are always arguing with each other. Um <laughs> Uh, <laughs> someone fart. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, yeah. So, so they this guy got upset at somebody, and he said, and I just hear him go, "Oh yeah, okay, fine. Watch this." And he steps into the middle of the court while they're having a game, 
um, that everyone's watching. Everyone's like, what's going on? Like, why is this guy stepping onto the middle of the court? And he's like, hold it, hold it. Hey, oh, ball. And, you know, and so suddenly, like 10 seconds of him yelling, finally they stop and go like, what's going on? He's like, give me the ball. And they, they toss him the ball confused. He goes, it's my ball. I'm going home. And, uh, and, he po- <laughs> <laughs> and he pointed to the guy that he was fighting with, and he's all, you want to play like that? All right. Now find a ball to play with. And, uh, <laughs> and he literally took his ball and went home, and everybody was like, come on, man. <laughs> so there is a, there a perfect uh, uh, example of a grandstander who took his grandstanding too seriously. Yeah, I think he had next, but, um, but, but he decided to go home instead. Took his ball. He took it. Yeah, it was. He had the nicest ball there. So, in, in Mexico, there's a there's a name for that guy. We call him Kiko. Yeah, dude. Okay. Exactly. Yes. Kiko took his fucking ball home. Yep. So what let is, me introduce. Go ahead. What is Kiko? Kiko, uh, uh, Kiko is a character on a very uh, very famous uh, sitcom in Mexico called Chespirito, and Kiko was one of the characters. He was just like the spoiled rich kid who lived in this in this barrio, so to speak, or more or less. Uh, and he was. Like the dude was, who said, "Give me my ball, I'm going home." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the spoil. He was the the bratty, mo- the mama's boy. Yeah, mm-hmm. basically. So our guest today. Uh, let me introduce first. Let me introduce uh, our guest, who was uh, one of the original ushers. Was here for episode uh, one of the the first ushers episode during season two. He uh, was checking in from from the city of of, of Chicago, the windy city. Uh, Skitch Bourbon, how you doing? Thank you for the air horn introduction. Doing okay. And <laughs> and then oh, checking in from from the capital of 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 uh, from the mecca of of the blood sport, of the previous episode that we had here on Grandstand, uh, my dear friend and and uh, and, uh, and and usher, uh, for first communion as an usher. Uh, one time text. How you doing? Checking in from DC. One time text. <laughs> doing well, sir. Doing well. Thank you for having me back already. It's a uh, it's a pleasure to be here for this. We're glad to have you here. Uh, so let's just get into it, uh, Professor. Why don't you give us a little primer for for kind of how this this conversation is going to go? Um. Well, shoot. I, I guess I don't really have a. Pri- um, I figured. You you sent out that um, that article that I had sent you um, mm-hmm. on this uh, historian who who wrote about uh, a wrestling historian who wrote about how wrestling became his theory on how it became fake. Since today we're going to talk about uh, activity, sports spectacle. Um, I think wrestling is just is a is the perfect example piece to use because we can trace its evolution from from sport and one of the first types of sport ever uh and from sport to to scripted spectacle um and you know the wrestling that we know today like the wwf wwe former wrestling you know the its origins it originated as legitimate competition uh you know what we consider a sport um for anything actually it originated as activity i mean i don't I'm not sure what evidence there is, like anthropological uh, anthropological evidence there is uh, to to say for sure that 
wrestling started as an activity, but I think we can just assume like it started as like dude like people like grappling with each other. Yes. Well and, th- and those same those same those same uh uh historians who study sports, they 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 think, they believe that the origins of, of sport came from uh, like from militaristic uh, it was an extension of like the militaristic activity so it was a way of weeding out the agile jocks so so boxing running things that required the kind of things you mimicking combat and wrestling and boxing was one of those things so it was it was it was like uh, it was designed to to find the the able ones the ones that could uh, kick ass basically well i mean and, and, but so but that's even we're talking sport i'm saying even before sport it was just an activity that that okay. people that you know that 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 people uh partook uh partook in um but you know what what's what what we today consider like amateur olympic style wrestling or or even like mma style um you know that that's what what when it evolved into sport that's what wrestling originally was and there was of course you know corruption is inevitable and there and there was uh, there is evidence that that rigging has always existed once wrestling became a, a sport and a spectacle. Um, uh, a couple of years ago, there was a an ancient papyrus contract from from 267 A.D. that was translated, and they and it showed that there was an agreement made at one of at a major Egyptian wrestling event um, where the contract stipulated that one of the wrestlers would be rewarded. Um, uh, when taking a fall, so so basically, it, it the contract showed that that there was bribery going on and 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 rigging, you know, even in in ancient times. Um, so you know, fast forward to to American like wrestling as we know it here in the United States, um, it originated within the traveling like the carnival, the carny scene, and and the same type of match fixing and 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 rigging existed, but but throughout the the twentieth century, the promoters of wrestling. Whom were also, you know, carnies and were the kind of the con types. Um, they decided to basically take rigging to, you know, rigging on steroids, and they took it to a whole, whole other level. And 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 increasingly, wrestling just became more and more, uh, more and more aspects of it were controlled and manipulated um, to where the, the 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 entire the wrestling matches and the entire event was was essentially was eventually just scripted. Um, and, and that was just a, a result of the fandom dying. So as, as fans were getting bored of real, like dudes just rolling around grappling with each other, like shoot wrestling, like really actually genuinely competing with each other, the promoters of, 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 of the sport said, well, shit, how do we, how do we get the fans back? Like, how do we get fans to want to watch this? And so in order to do that, they said, well, that let's, let's have, let's take more creative control over the story that's being told in the ring. Um, and, and that way they were able to provide the grandstanders, the most entertaining, the most emotionally fulfilling story that the grandstanders would want to watch. And they would want to come back to and keep spending money on to, to, to come and spectate. So, um, uh, you know, ultimately that's what sports are. Sports are, sports are storytelling. And, and, and that's why now like every major sport that we watch, it has commentators and the, and the role of the commentator is is to just explicitly spell out the narrative that's happening on the, on the field. Um, so wrestling, just a long time ago, realized that realizing this, um, they they decided, you know, you, we're going to make actual competition, sporting competition, and we're going to turn it into like a like a um, 
It's it, like instead of watching a, a, a real boxing match, we're watching like a Rocky movie on a stage, like <laughs> played out. Right, um, right. And but in the end, it was the grandstanders. They were the, they were the ones who called for it. They were the ones who supported this, um, because you know they 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 wanted something more entertaining. So um, you know what we what we currently decide to label as a sport, which is what we're going to be talking about. Um, you know, all sports play they 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 play with forms of manipulation in some way to increase audience in, engagement. And so I think wrestling provides a, the blueprint for how a, for, for how a competition uh, can become a sport and then and then be manipulated in a way simply to expand its its reach uh, as a spectacle to to an increasing to a larger audience. Um, so if if certain sports, current sports like baseball, if they keep if they keep losing their audience with each generation, as we're seeing. You know how far how far will they be willing to go to to manipulate the product to get more fans entertained? Um, you know, let them do steroids, let them hit home runs. Um, that's a form which, of which they did, which they did until they're like, oh shit, I guess we got to stop. Right, um, and and what's funny with wrestling on it, when we talk about in legal uh, within a legal context, wrestling is not a sport, and that was because the the biggest promotion WWF. They came out and and admitted, you know what? What we do is fake. Like despite the fact that everyone knew, but they came out and said, it's it's fake. What we do, it's scripted. It's this isn't a real sport. And the reason they did it was just so that they would be exempt from from athletic commission regulations, right. um, so they wouldn't be treated like a like a real sport. Um, um, but so you know, time and time again, we see sports and spectacles. They take a page out of the wrestling playbook for of audience manipulation. Um, and so last episode, we talked about politics. Politics is one of them. Politics. And as we're seeing with Trump, talk about fucking taking a page out of the wrestling playbook, um, to, to rile up an audience. Um, so, um, so I think that's, you know, we can look at that as an example of, of how something can go from an activity to a sport to ultimately, uh, it might, it might not be a real competition, but it, it, it sure is. It's, you can argue it's the epitome of a spectacle. So yeah. so first the first thing was I thought the WWE changed its uh, acro- his its its name because it it was in a legal dispute with the World World Wildlife Federation. It wasn't that you know yeah, yeah. the picture with the panda was that was that something to do with it? No, that yeah, that's why they changed okay. their oh, their, but their but it, but now it's the World Wrestling Entertainment, which kind of fits what you were just saying. I was just curious. I thought I had, and then number two is so so wrestling. Uh, so like getting your ass kicked at a bar activity. Uh, fighting on a fighting in a ring sport, uh, fake fighting uh, on the wrestling ring uh, spectacle. Yes, right. right. Okay, uh, Mister One Time Tex, what do you think of this? I, I mean, it it really it makes perfect sense um, that we've come from, you know, the that the activity has evolved over so many years. You know, um, when Manny was talking about like whether or not there are any anthropological evidence of how wrestling had its um, its inception with you know just people like kind of wrestling and figuring out who was the um, who were the strongest ones, I, I tend to feel I look at animals also like you know when you see pups or cubs that are sort of wrestling and they're not really trying to hurt each other, but I guess that's how animals start developing some of the traits uh, for physical activity. I'm sure it probably happened very similar with people, but as you watch these activities develop into competition 
and then the competition gets a grandstand and you get all these fans coming to it and we all have that moment where you know the like the sport and the spec the the show you know delivers these emotional highs when your team is down and all of a sudden they come back and they manage to do something really great and then also there are the personal stories of some of the players and all that it seems like sports are really trying to cash in on that more and more I see it a lot with, say, the NFL or the English Premier League. Before the match starts, they're already telling you all these different facets of the game so that people develop this emotional vested interest. But nobody's done it as explicitly as, as the wrestlers. The wrestling, the wrestling entertainment has just said, you know, let's, get out, let's be done with the pretense and just sell the emotion. Let's sell the storyline, the, the narrative that people want to hear. And it, it, it's obviously worked. Uh, they're still around. Everybody knows that it's not real, but they love the storyline. And, and it's true that I think a lot of the sports that are around today are, are desperately trying to cash in on that, that emotional investment. And wow, do I hope that there is a script out there for Donald Trump right now because some of the stuff he does just can't be real. I cannot imagine that some of this stuff is is actually really happening. So let, let's <laughs> how, hope that the story has a good a good ending. How did Russians become the the good guys in this fight? That's a, that's the thing that blows my mind. That one. That's my favorite. That's so far. That's my favorite. Uh, bourbon. Yeah, I'd say I'm I'm thinking about what you guys are speaking of, and the only thing that I'm going at now, and especially with wrestling, and I. Like like you, everybody's saying here, it, this is the perfect example where if if we consider it like um, early hominids and then that's what we are, this form of evolution. And if we take that to the same line of wrestling, wrestling was once the competition between brute man on man with nothing interacting in between, no weapons, straight up brutal force, right? But yeah, maybe that's not so popular or maybe somebody couldn't make money off of that. What I think wrestling especially did was they turned a sport into a theater and they had actors who played roles and maybe that's what spectacle is, I don't know. Uh, but there's certainly, when you look behind it, why did they do that? They didn't do it to please people in my mind. They did it to make fucking money. Do you think um, cause you said, uh, promoters of these, of these sporting events, their, their goal is not to make people, they don't do it for the people or to, to make them happy, but rather to make money. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think those two are, are, are mutually exclusive? Like, is it possible that, um, the two have to coexist together? Like you, in order to make money, you have to please the people. Uh, frankly, I, I, I couldn't give you, I mean, I would have guesses, but none of my guesses would be correct. I would say you would have to talk to the people who are actually behind the marketing of it and their intents behind it. I, I really would, I would not know the uh, answer to that. Um, was it done? Like, all right, if my, my uh, what I suspect is that if somebody's going to promote something and they want to create a story out of something, I don't really think they're necessarily doing it for the beneficial good of like your 
common watcher, your average uh, spectator, whatnot. I think they're doing it because they want to market and make money. Like, and I and I see that as like, like well, even when I look into businesses and whatnot, it's not really about the product. It's about telling you a lie, or stretching the truth, or perhaps even being truthful. But the point to most marketers is to make money. But could so, could could we argue that? Go, were you going to say something one time? Yeah, I, I was actually going to say that. Um, I, I think I half agree with you in this, especially when talking about wrestling, because part of what makes money in wrestling is sometimes just giving you a heel. It's not giving the fans necessarily a character that they really like. It's giving mm-hmm. giving the characters a compelling story mm-hmm. that they may or, that may or may not make them happy. I think one example that we can look at. So you know, I used to like The Rock, but The Rock, you know, Dwayne Johnson was when he first started out as being like the hero and the guy that the storyline sort of tried to promote in a very likable way. It failed. So then they turned him into a heel and somebody that everybody hated. And suddenly he really he really took off. So I think the it comes and goes. Like sometimes you please the people, and sometimes you have to stick it to them a little bit. And but the ultimate objective, what is driving the decision of whether you make it, you know, pleasing or unpleasing, is you know how are we going to market this? But when at the end of the, but at the end of the day, of course, it still has to be an enjoyable experience that people want to come back for more. So you you have to balance that, the line that um, that. Uh the anti-hero that you're talking about, like I think Andy Kaufman fucking pulled that off beautifully. Yeah. You wow. Know, like, wow, that was he a mastered spectacle. it better than him. I think he was the master. Uh, you know, uh, it's possibly you know people are doing it in politics as well, but like that anti-hero or whatever you want to call it, the villain, you know, that's kind of like uh, Kaufman pulled that off like to the best degree that I've ever seen. So. Uh, whoever whoever wants to just go at this very quickly, what about the players, the 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 actors? Do they not start out as does does it not does it not start from a place of altruism of being great, of having mastery over self, of being able to exhibit your art in front of thousands of people, uh, um, and so it starts as as an activity, then it evolves into sport because it becomes. It becomes trained and 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 uh, and and packaged in such a way that that eventually becomes spectacle when these guys become millionaires. But isn't there altruism in in the athletes themselves and the players? Maybe I mean, are, are they are they doing it for glory? Is is uh is is uh was Tony Gwynn uh, uh, becoming the greatest hitter ever uh, for glory, for, for just for the pure spectacle of, of showing that he's the, the, the greatest hitter that ever lived? I hope so. I believe so. <laughs> when it comes to Tony Gwynn, yeah, I do believe so. Um, I don't know. I think that, that's, that's hard to say. I think, well, well, with all, with, with, I think with any form of altruism, there's a degree of... of uh, of self-serving, self-serving. Yeah. yeah um but but n- but generally no i don't think so i don't think athletes are um go into it for altruistic uh purposes i i think it is very much um uh it's 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 very it's just something that that an individual enjoys doing and you can make make a lot of money i think 
what what athletes love is the validation that comes from from fan support um and so it's kind of this yeah i mean it's kind of this exchange of i need to give the people what they want from me because ultimately it feels really good to be cheered by them right really i'm gonna gonna, may i i and i may be talking about an older realm or an older time of sport when I, I still do believe that, like, and I, I have to speak from, like, uh, I, I learned a lot about the concept of what I consider sporting or sportsmanship, even from my father, who, you know, came from an age where, and he didn't intellectualize any of this. He was just a fucking player, and that's that was his realm. So to him, and what I saw through that was just a pure blind love for it, for the game itself. And that's what he has, like, that's been his life quest. And, you know, and no, he was not a man who um, made money off of, like, uh, being a professional player, right? But his passion was still there all the time. Now, I, I, I think it's hard to believe that every player who, um, or not every, most whatever, uh, or even in general, I, I, I find it hard to believe that most people are in it for self-serving reasons rather than the love of like a, a craft, a sport, or whatever. You, know. you just you just said the word that I was thinking right now. So so I don't I I kind of agree. I mean I put that out there because I I don't I have a hard time believing in, in the idea of altruism. Uh, I think we're all motivated by self-serving reasons. Um, uh, I, I feel even like love is a narcissistic endeavor. It's like it's it's all about the, the self, right? Um, but but I when you said the word craft, I was thinking, what about uh, these guys that uh, approach their game as a craft in uh, much the same way uh, you approach your glasses making? Is it the same thing? No, I think they spend a hell of a lot more time doing it what they do <laughs> than I do. <laughs> to me, I just get fucking by and I enjoy it that way, but. I think uh, athletes who rise to a certain level, I think they've spent a fuckload of time doing it, not not because they want to be Mr. Fucking Cool or um, make shitloads of money. I think they, they have a personal drive to do such things. So there's like a perfect uh, there's like a perfect uh, microcosm for this idea that we're talking about. So it starts out as activity, moves into sport as they become professionals, and then once they become megastars, then it turns into spectacle. Um, let, let's move on. It's probably a great example of that too. The same bolt. Yeah, Why? man. Well, the guy has, he's one of those characters who understands, and like you were saying earlier, the, the adoration. He Tell everyone who you say adora- Bolt is, just so they know, Dan. He's the fastest man in the world. Yeah. Uh, he is a Jamaican who will certainly be center stage when he does, you know, when the Olympic Games get going here on Friday. Um, but he knows how to entertain. He has taken it from just running from point A to point B faster than everybody else and turned it also into a bit of a show and showing everyone that he is so much better than everyone else. You know, maybe Muhammad Ali was also a great example of someone who understood that he had a, he had a craft, he had a, a, an activity that he was incredibly good at. He turned it into something where it, it brought him adoration. And then by turning it into a spectacle, he just took himself to a whole new level and became a legend. So there's an element of self-sacrifice to become a legend. Absolutely, um, yeah, you can't you can't live like normal people and 
and achieve some of the the physical feats that that those guys do. It's just you have to sacrifice every single day. But they they do it because they want to do it. They do it because they love what they're doing. And 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 I think only that only the athletes who truly love what they do are able to hang in there long enough to become legends. And they carry the burden of the grandstand. They carry our burdens, and we just get to see it reflected like the the old the ancient Greeks when they went to the theater to see the sure. mystics. Sure, but I don't feel bad for them in any way. Shape. They are <laughs> compensated. Yeah. They are compensated. Let's let's move on to uh, let, let's just if we think of all sports, think of anything that could arguably be considered a sport, and and you know we we've 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 uh, talked enough about this during the season, but anything that you guys consider a sport. Or, or on the realm of sports that you personally consider not a sport but an activity. But before do we do that, do we need to talk about what makes the difference between activity and sport? Clarify for me, if you will, or let's talk about uh, it. Uh, one time, you, you had a definition there. You still have it up? Oh, well, the, the definition I had was actually the, defi- the difference between a game and a sport, which, um, so look, first, I, I think... Activity and sport, I would say an activity is when you're just doing it. So, for example, you know, I like to run. I'm not doing it competitively, so it's more of an activity. Or if you go skiing or if you go mountain biking, you know, if you're just doing it to do it uh, for fun, then I would say that's probably like an activity. When, it, when you start doing it for competition, when you start pitting yourself against another person for, you know, for victory and glory... Now it's becoming more of a sport. Um, but according to this, at least, the definition of a sport is it's a physical activity that is governed by a set of rules or customs and often engaged in competitively. Whereas the definition of a game is an activity providing entertainment or amusement, pastime, party games, or word games. So it seems like physical activity is really what the, where, it, where it turns. So maybe, for example... Football is a sport. Was chess a sport? <laughs> it's competitive. But what I want to really clarify there is like, com- does it does it have to be competitive against another, or can you consider yourself to be like? I could be the best. Uh, I could fucking punt the ball the farthest in the world. Okay, whatever ball it is, and I could never go to the highest level because I choose not to. And but my competitiveness is against my own self. And so <laughs> I was just gonna ask that. You know, like that's that's one thing that I have not clarified by, or that has not been clarified to me, or that I still am wondering about. Like throughout all of your dialogues that I've been listening to, it's like, what do you guys think about? Like, does it have to be competitive to? others or is competitive to oneself um is that valid to be considered sport or does that make it activity if you're just by yourself so so professor you're out at that same basketball court that you were talking about uh-huh and you're shooting hoops right uh you you just got done playing one-on-one against this other guy and, and now he's gone that, that was a sport right you're playing one-on-one, and then he leaves, but then you start shooting hoops, but then you start challenging yourself to make uh, three in a row from a certain spot. Is that still an activity, or is that a sport? Um, yeah, so I, I would consider that that's an activity uh, within, you know, within the larger sport of basketball. 
Um, I agree. But, but yeah, but an activity. What is a poet? <laughs> a poet is one, to me, who spectates upon humanity. So, But there are poetry competitions. Yeah, fuck those. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, there's a poetry foundation here in Chicago, and if you want to get in that club, go ahead. But do they have any good poets? Fuck no. Wait, wait, wait. I like that. Grandstanding, though. Uh, uh, activity, sport, or spectacle? <laughs> well, if you ask the Russians, it's definitely a sport. <laughs> um, but I, I tend to feel that most, at, at least from, from my perspective, most grandstanding is an activity that you engage in as you're watching the sport. But what if you join one of those supporters clubs that, that dances and sings and, and tries to, t- tries to out, uh, out peacock the, the opposition? So I, I think then it starts becoming a sport. Um, and certainly, like, like we, you talked about in that episode with the, uh, the ultras, I mean, the Russian, some of the Russian ultras now, they don't drink because it says it makes them slower when they're fighting at the matches. You know, they, they train, they do all this like, fighting stuff, and they really go out of their way to become physically fit to go and beat up other fans. <laughs> and I think at that point, they're no long, that's no longer an activity. Now they're engaging in a sport, a sick sport, but a sport. Shit, I mean, that might no longer even be grandstanding. That's just, that's just fighting. Yeah. <laughs> you can see some of the footage from the, uh, what was it, England and Russia in, uh, in the Euro Cup. I mean, that was, those guys were, were there to play for sure. And it, that did not seem like an activity to me anymore. Yeah, I mean, but 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 I think going back to um, can we go back to poetry after you? Yes. <laughs> well, well, yeah, that's kind of where I'm going back because I do want to. I because because um, uh, Skitch Bourbon is right that we're not we we haven't really come to a definitive conclusion on um, on whether sport whether sp- something can still be a sport if it's not competing with another individual. I know that in when you look at the definitions on uh, you know that have been created by whoever creates these definitions uh in dictionaries and and wherever else um it it almost always includes that there has to be a competition between either two people or two groups. Um I'm just curious I mean do do you guys agree with that? Do you think that that it is in order to 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 have that the label of sport it has to involve um, at the very least, two people competing with one another. I say yes. I agree. My <clears throat> excuse me. My personal opinion is that people who become very good at whatever they do are essentially competing against themselves. It's not a drive to compete against the other and to be better than another. It's to be better than I was the previous day. And I just look at people like that. I look at. Uh, you know, athletes or people who play activities or sports or whatnot in that regard. Um, I, I still can't come to the conclusion that sport has to be against another. Yeah. You know, I don't want to take anything away from, from the athletes who do really amazing things in just competing against themselves. Um, you know, Mario, you brought up before that I used to be really into rock climbing and mm-hmm. Uh, one of the figures who used to be really prominent was this um, the Swiss guy, Fred Nicole. He was incredible. Anybody who saw him would say, hands down, best rock climber in the world. But he refused to compete. He would never get involved. He just said, look, this is, 
this is my passion and I don't want to compete with other people. It's just what I do. So to me, he was the height of, of the craft. But what he was doing to me would still be qualified as, a, as an activity because he wasn't competing against other people. Um, but, but that's not to take away from the achievements that he, that he did. So. Well, one time what I'm trying to say here, though, is that even, even our, like, if you look on any uh, football field, if you look on any baseball field, each individual artist, uh, call them uh, athlete, whatever the fuck, uh, they are, uh, in, in, my, in my opinion, they are all competing against themselves on a daily basis to become the best whatever sport they're playing. Um, I don't. I don't find it as much a competition between them and like. It, let's just say somebody on second base. You know, they don't want to. In my opinion, they don't want to be better than the other guy on second base that the opposing team they're playing. They want to be the best that they are that they can possibly be inside them their own self. So, so to me, like a, even though it is a team. Even though you are competing against another team, I think a lot of that. And you guys were the ones who had brought up this uh, idea of, uh, you know, pleasing the self and whatnot. I think that a lot of what makes a great athlete is the idea. Are you, are you talking about masturbation right now? <laughs> no, I'm not. Not at all. I'm talking about people who play on teams oh. and it's like how they become great, like the, like that, like. I mean, boxing is, is a good example. I mean, you compete against yourself every day. Uh, but even on a team sport, I think that athletes compete against themselves, and it's a personal drive to become as best as they can. I could be foolish for thinking that, but I really think that's what makes uh, great athletes or great in general. So you're much so that- more of a poet than me, but uh, cynically, I guess, for me, it's always like... Uh, athletes on especially in team sports it's the bottom line at the end of the day you know did you get more points than the other guy and that's where it where it ends and and it's true that i think the really great athletes it's not just about the bottom line they want to put it all out on the line and become the best that they can possibly be but the cynical side of me also says eh, it, it it's not so much like how good you are it's just as, it just matters that you manage to put put up more points than the other guy that, that's just me being cynical. So I mean, could we say that that craft is wedged in between activity and sport? Then, I mean, your craft is a part of it. Um, it's inherent. I, I wouldn't say that it necessarily falls anywhere in there. It's just what you're developing. Um, but but at least in the spectrum that I would that I see, when you're just doing it for yourself, it, it's just an it's an activity. When you're doing it to beat the other guy, it's a sport. And when you're doing it to please the world and to have that spotlight shown on you, it becomes a spectacle. That's good. I so, disagree, but that's okay. So what if you have uh, uh, two baseball teams that decide to meet somewhere uh, to play a, a friendly game of baseball and, and they don't keep score and uh, yes. they don't keep – what good is exam. that? Is that activity or sport? Ooh, I think that would be an activity. If you're not keeping score, yeah, I'd say it's an activity. It's just some people getting together to hang out and, you know. So we're getting closer. Keeping score is an important part of it. Yeah, I think victory definitely plays a big role in in sport. All right, check this out. And this is, I've had to learn, and yeah, I do play jarts often, Lee. Tell everyone what the fuck jarts are. 
it's basically horseshoes, but different. But but with the what, point the point here is that I play an honest game, and I play with my buddy. We play maybe two three times a week, and the point to me is not to win. The point to me is to become as best as I can, and I appreciate my friend for beating me most of the time, but I still want to improve. I still want to become as best as I can, right? And we enjoy a game together where it's not about beating him. It's not about like, yeah, bitch, I just fucking killed you. It's, it's more, man, beautiful fucking shot. Wow, you got fucking all three in the target? Beautiful. Do you keep score? But oh yeah, we keep score. But but right, and so and so, maybe uh, more profoundly, it's not about who wins. But at you know when you guys play, what's the objective? Is 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 there an objective which is? I think it's personal for each person who would play it. I but mean, it, but if you weren't trying to 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 win, so to speak, wouldn't that kind of disrupt the game? Yeah, but <laughs> but the concept, professor, for me is not. It's not the actual act of winning. It's saying that I played the best I played, and if I'm defeated, that I recognize the you know my friend or the other did a better job than I did. If only there were more people like you, sir. <laughs> well, I, I think it's pretty easy to just understand that. No, no, it makes no, no. I totally get it. I, I'm, and I, I, I like that. Um, but, but again, I think that is on a on a deeper you're going beyond the game like you're 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 saying you know at the end at the end of the day I do this the fu- the fulfillment I get out of it is 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 it goes beyond just winning or losing which I think is the case for in in general I think for many like when yeah. I go when I go out and play soccer it's not really at the like when I come home yes whether I won or lost that day or I was on the team that won or lost that's not going to make that's not going to matter to me no um right. I'm going to feel good regardless because I went out and played soccer. That's what it's really about. But when I'm on that field, all I'm thinking is winning. Whoa. Okay. During what is it, a sport episode, we, I think one of the, 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 the things we came up with is there's got to be a loser. Yes? That kind of goes along with keeping score. There's got to be victory. Therefore, there's got to be a loser, right? So – Professor, what you're saying is that while you're in the actual in the actual uh, throes of activity or of participation, it, it's you're you're fully engaged in, in winning, which which would technically make it a sport, right? Yeah, well, and that's more so just building on what what Dan was saying with the definition that he was providing. That yeah, there uh, part of the definition and and games as well is there is the objective of of winning. So could could we argue then if like let's say maybe you're more uh, um, uh, of let, let's say for myself I, I I can't stand losing I, I hate the idea of losing I think it's the most rotten thing that could ever happen to a human being um, so I I don't know if I would say that once I walk away I feel completely detached from it or removed from it because not because I'm I'm upset or I'm lashing out at somebody it's just the way it makes me feel after I lose. It's 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 something that continues after even after I go home. So so the effects of that game are still there, right? Um, so once you leave and and you still are feeling the effects of it, even if it was an activity, wouldn't that make it then a sport? Because if by our definition, there's got to be victory and defeat, 
even if, like, let's say I played marbles and I lost, and then I went home and I felt like a loser, wouldn't that be a sport by our definition, by my definition? Mm, well, well, there's the with marbles. There's the the question of physical activity. <laughs> oh, dude, you gotta train your thumb. You gotta <laughs> really be able to see the lines. I'll answer you seriously, Mario. I I would say that you should go home feeling satisfied with yourself of playing the best that you possibly could have. If if you were out there to cheat or uh, you were just out there to act like a fucking buffoon and like gather as many like people, because I'm imagining right now. This is a huge game of marbles, and there's like fucking 50 people gathering around you in a circle. <laughs> if you're trying to bring that crowd into you and like do a dance and everything, and like every time you shoot a good shot, you're just like, what the? You know, you got your own little gimmick. If that's your realm, you know what? Fuck you. But if you're out there shooting your game and you lose, you should still feel satisfied at the end of the day and go out there next time and play a good fucking game. So we're talking about dignity now. That's good sportsmanship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think that's what sport is. And, like, what what has been created with, like, wrestling is a great example is it's fixed. It's rigged. It's no longer even a sport. It's basically theater. You know? Is so doing a do... dance in the end zone, is that going to help your fucking performance at all? No. Well, it might, it might antagonize the opponent and it might make them play. Their, it might affect their performance, which is something that... Oh, I, I like to live with dignity, but I, when I play, I, I, I get to express the more vulgar sides of me, and I, I am a horrible loser, and I'm an even worse winner. So I, I, I like that. I've, I've, been, I've played sports with, with Mario. He, um, he, sticks, he sticks his tongue out while he plays. <laughs> I, I, I oh, have yes. a question, actually. One time, Mario, he, I was, I'm, I'm in San Diego in a car going back, a rental car going back to the airport, and he's like, I'll meet you at the rental place. And I'm like, all right, maybe I'll figure that out. He sticks his tongue out of me in his old Mercedes-Benz diesel and then proceeds to fucking go there. And I'm like, where the fuck did he go? I missed him. <laughs> so, yeah, he sticks his tongue out. It's yeah. a true story. You know, I, I have a – I would like to follow up on that, actually, because, Mario, you are an incredibly um, – competitive person but you have a trick that you often like to spring on people which What's is that? that you are fast you are really <laughs> fast he's, he's not as fast people. as i am though that's bullshit Did you beat him <laughs> no he we haven't raced but he's gonna he's he's he doesn't know what he's getting himself into continue sprint yes Dude. so really? uh, and i remember this really distinctly like i was actually i was doing a lot of running uh at a certain point we were all like playing stickball in the in the alley and at a certain point mario's just like Whatever, man. I bet I'm faster than you. And I was like, no way. Come on. Like, I run a lot. I run all the time. And yeah, let's do this. And Mario smoked me, dude. Absolutely smoked me. Um, and you do love to celebrate. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Mario, you I'm going to beat you. Next time I see you, we're sprinting, brother. Whatever. Not fucking... No, I'm not kidding you. We're sprinting. I'm the, f- I'm the fastest man in the Basque country. Let all right. Now, now, we're getting in, now we're getting somewhere, right? Look at this sprinting conversation we're having. Okay, so uh, uh, anything else? So, so did we fucking get anywhere with this? Well, I think there's one one more thing I'd, I'm curious to hear. Um, uh, but, 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 Scott, yes, uh, we we definitely need to settle the score. Who's the fastest person on this uh, on this <laughs> podcast? Um, we, we, Put we'll, my money we'll on make Mario. That happen. Well, here we <laughs> makes, could do it this way. We time. could all be honest and run a forty yard dash. 
and timers. No, because that would be an activity. I want sport. That would be com me competing against myself. <laughs> no, but I need the I need I need the human next to me so I can mock you and say you suck. I'm gonna fucking beat you right now. Wait, but on on, on that same note, according to the uh, the definition that we've sort of been banting about, um, at least the one that Manny and I are, uh, the professor and I are uh, advocating. If we all went out and individually timed ourselves in a 40-yard sprint and then we all came back and said, this is my time, and compared them to see who's the fastest, I would say that's a sport because there is a competition. Even though that the other guy is not there next to you, uh, we're, we're going to compare them and then there's going to be a victor and three losers. I think it meets all the, the qualifications for a sport and physical activity. It's probably the future of sports. That's how athletes are going to compete with each other all from like their well, like digital. What about video games? Like Pokemon Go sprinting or something, you know? Oh. Yeah. You well, yeah, make video games, exactly. make a million bucks off that. Yeah. There are like these massive, um, what was it, Call of Duty competitions now where they're filling out whole mm -hmm. stadiums of people who are watching two guys play Call of Duty or girls. Um, it, is that a sport? Right. It's definitely a spectacle now. Yeah. Uh, but did it did it did it um did it bypass did it go from activity to spectacle or 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 is sport unnecessary does does the evolution have to go from activity to sport to spectacle yeah i don't know well if i think if a game uh if a, a game can be considered a sport or or maybe they they kind of occupy that same realm and sport is just when there's a like rigorous physical activity and a game is where it's maybe more intellectual and strategic than it is about physical activity. You know, maybe they, they kind of occupy that same middle spot. But certainly video games is now going from just being a, a competition among certain people. And they're blowing it up and turning it into a spectacle where there are tons of fans who are like out there cheering and going nuts. And, and apparently certain players have... They, they ham it up. They do certain things like they talk trash. They some are good winners and lousy winners. It, they've turned it into a a part of the show. They come out to like entrance songs, like Donald Trump. Yeah, they could do back with Nintendo though. They had like even back in the early '80s, they've uh, had Nintendo competitions and like yeah. you know to to I've have just, like. Yeah, no, they did. They had huge, They even made a movie about. I think Fred the Wizard Savage was yeah, in it. It was Fred yeah. Savage and Jenny Lewis. Yeah, yeah, Jesus Christ. But th that was based on. You know, they actually did that back in the day. There were Nintendo competitions, and you know, I like I collect things, not Nintendo games, but you know, I've come across it. It's like one of these uh, Nintendo cartridges from that competition. There were thousands of dollars just because like people. You know, so there's a base to it. Is all I'm trying to illustrate there. Uh, I can. Is it safe to assume uh, I'm a gamer? I love to play video games. I know one time does. Uh, Professor, you you play right? Um, not really. Not not no. as much anymore. Bourbon, were you a gamer? No. I, okay, but for those no. of you who don't understand the the beauty of gaming, um, um, I don't even know if this movie does 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 it justice. But it, it's an incredible film. Uh, King of Kong, Fistful of Quarters. Oh, yeah. If you ever want to see something beautiful uh, uh, on this particular genre, check that movie out. It's one of the most incredible films I've seen. Period. Uh, Professor, what were you going to say? Well, cause, and and because we're, I don't know. I mean, I think we can conflate game and sport if if we choose to. But I know that that 
that that is one that is definitely the the you know governing bodies make distinctions. But if anything, I was um, in in England. They they're they're having a judicial review over whether bridge should be considered a sport or not. Sport or game is the thing. I, I th- and, and and the the Olympics you know are 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 here. Um, one of the one of the distinctions that is made about sport and game is it is said that sports have to involve objective scoring. Like uh, sport has to involve where to get a point. Um, there's no que- like if the ball goes in the hoop, that's a point, right? And that's as opposed to say like figure skating. Um, and that's been a a, a a big debate with with games like figure skating, which is, you know, some would say no, a, it can, a game cannot be a sport if it's being judged. It's a great point by a panel. Yeah. Um, and I'm just curious what you guys think. I, mean, I think that's another layer of this question of whether it's a sport, a game activity, is this this the question of of how score is kept, and can a can a sport be can a sport be won? Can it be something where the winner is determined by judges? Before we move into that, do you know what I think is really interesting? How all the different sports have different names for the judges. There's, there's, there's like, and, and the root words stem from, from judge to arbiter, you know? And if you get into definitions of what those, uh, uh, of what those words mean, then it changes the, it changes, I don't know, that question that you're asking is, so, so is an umpire not a judge? Yes, but 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 he just serves the purpose of of validating that the point was scored, or you know, or that there the foul existed or not. But it's right. still but it's still within baseball. There's no question that if the ball goes over the fence, it's oh, a point. Right. It's a if the person steps on the plate, it's a it's a run. You know, um, as opposed to say, yeah, like figure skating where it's you know it's people deciding how cool they thought the the you know the 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 act, double axle flip was which makes of- an argument for for technology right because then now supposedly it's it's it will be completely objective and not subjective because if the umpire missed a call on a like a play at first base whether it was safe or out i mean that's a subjective call right the umpire is making a call in like he's got a fraction of a millisecond to figure out if it's safe or out right yeah but and then you go to the technology and the technology objectively verifies Okay, all right. Which makes an anyways. Uh, I don't know why I was saying that. Who was who was gonna chime in? I will. Yeah. Like the professor's point, I, I think is really interesting because, like, figure skating, for example, or gymnastics, it's all left subjectively to a panel. And like, whereas you know, baseball, for example, it's you know your umpires, they're gonna do their best, right? And they're going to get shit wrong, they're going to get shit right, but that's kind of the way the game has been played. It's almost like, hey, allow this. Human error. Now, when everything is based upon human error, and I would consider if there's a panel of three and they hold up a sign of one to ten, that's all human error. Each one of those signs, or just a human thought. Each one of them. And yes, they can all be judging it upon, and obviously they're very well learned at their particular art or uh, particular faction of like understanding how and what makes the best of the best but still human making judgment upon somebody's performance that's kind of just like American Idol isn't it yeah you know? and I would agree 
uh, one time. Anything you want to add to this? Well, I'm sitting here. The, the first thought that comes to my mind is how many times have I watched a football match and thought that team played way better, but those guys got lucky at the end and just knocked one in the goal and they won. And to quote Jose Mourinho, today the best team lost, but that's football. And, and I, I guess you, I don't know how I would make the distinction between those, those sets of games or sports. But certainly, I think that there, you know, pros and cons to both. Uh, there is a certain level of certainty with objective rules that say you're only going to get a point if you can put the ball in the net, or if you can score a touchdown, or if you can, you know, hit the other guy more times than he hits you. But uh, likewise, uh, there's something to be said for subjective judgment and saying this person has done something with their with their body or with the style or with the craft that is exceptional and we want to give them the you know give them the prize for for being mm. the best at this mm-hmm. but at the end of the day it's still a competition and the the rules are you we're here we're doing physical activity and the the objective is to please those three panelists more than the other guys um, so, so i still so maybe in this fairness obsessed reality that we're currently uh, living in, in the future, um, uh, uh, Mourinho's what was it, Chelsea when he said that, or was no, he was, was Real Madrid? Okay, so Mourinho's Real Madrid loses the game, but they win points for uh, playing uh, a prettier game or a better game, and you you can accumulate po- points on both ends. Maybe at the end of the season we have a trophy for the team that scored the most goals, uh, oh. won more competitions, and then the one that uh, played prettier. Well, and, and there, is, there is a trophy for the team that plays prettier, and that is typically a larger fan base. <laughs> there, are, there are some teams that just play really And now we're getting into spectacle. Before we, before we well, close that's... off the show, let's talk about spectacle. Uh, we haven't defined spectacle, but, but one time just took it there, so I'll let Dan continue. Uh, well, I was just going to say, there are some teams that people love to cheer for because they play a very beautiful style of ball. So, for example... Barcelona and Spain for many years, the tiki-taka football, people love it. It's, offen- it's very offensive-oriented, it's exciting, it's, it's just fun to watch. Whereas, you know, me personally, for years and years, I couldn't stand watching the Italian football style because it was very defensive. They would just sit back and wait until the last five minutes of the match and then bum rush the goal and either hope that you just get a corner kick or a penalty kick and just boop, knock it in and, you know, one nil. That's it. <sighs> who wants to watch that? Only, only the Italians who win. Um, but th- there are certain athletes and there are certain people who understand that it's not enough just to win. It's not enough just to get more points. You're going to piss off the fans. The fans don't just want to, you know, see a defensively minded match. They want to see action. They want to feel emotions. They want to feel that their team is taking the field and going to war and, and fighting it out. So you, it's not enough just to, to win. And I think there are certain clubs, certainly in football, that, that recognize that. You know, Manchester United has been suffering with this for the last two or three years because it, it's, you know, they say, well, we don't care what the, what the score line is all what do we do but also why are we playing this really boring style 
Um, I think teams like the New England Patriots get a lot of grief about this sometimes because they play. They can sometimes play strategically sound football, but it's not the most fun and entertaining thing to watch. Right? So, so there's something. There's definitely something to it, and and I think the teams who accept that and acknowledge it tend to be the ones who just have the biggest fan bases. Professor, um, man, it's well. I guess just to 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 ride off of um, what one time saying, the spectacle is is something that j- it goes beyond the it goes beyond the 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 activity, the game, the sport that's that's taking place, and it and it's and it's this it involves so many other so many other factors, um, the audience being a big part of it, but but it's not even. It's 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 everything. It's it's the music. It's the fireworks. It's the cheerleaders. It's the it's the, it's the cameras. It's the broadcast. It's the tabloids. Exactly. I mean, it's it's the money. It's the it's the marketing. It's the corporatism. I mean, that is that is the the you know all of these things. You put all this together, and then you have you've got the 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 spectacle. Um, and 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 to to what one time is saying, uh, another great example is Floyd Mayweather, uh, uh, a fighter who, in within the sport, in the ring, he, he does not entertain the fan. I mean, uh, his style of fight is boring, but he created himself, um, which he learned from wrestling, mind you. I mean, he was involved in wrestling, and then, and then he constructed this ca- He constructed a wrestling character. He constructed the heel character. Um, and when he did that, he went from being a guy who was appreciated for his boxing skills because he was always really good, but he was very de- like he was like Italy. He was very defensive. Um, when he created that character, when he created the the money Mayweather gimmick, that skyrocketed. He became a one man spectacle, um, and he turned the sport of boxing. He, cre- I mean, that Floyd Mayweather Manny Pacquiao fight. Talk about a spectacle, right? Talk about. The most financially lucrative boxing event in history, and did people go into that to watch these two guys fight? Um, they think they did. The marks think that's what they paid for, but but no. I mean, what people paid for was to watch the conclusion of this grand story, the story of um, of the humble the the humble Filipino boxer against this brash, you know, cocky, arrogant. Uh, heel boxer who everybody is waiting to get beat um it was a it was a wonderfully scripted and, and it really was script it was a scripted story that that was played out um and and it and it created quite the spectacle i mean that weekend was a whole lot of money was generated that that night i think another great example of you know the the spectacle taking over it leicester city last year you know mm-hmm. If Leicester had not been at the very bottom of the table the, the year before, if they had been maybe fourth or fifth from the bottom, do you think it would have been hailed Absolutely as such not. a success story? No way. But the fact that they were able, that there was that story, that there was the narrative of the guy who went from the very bottom to the very top in one season is a story that people can can latch onto. And the media can latch onto it, the tabloids, the papers, the the columnists, and and they're gonna be talking about it for years because it, it fits nicely in a narrative from zero to hero. And 
And I think that's part of what uh, a lot of sports today are also trying to cash in on, which is how do we synthesize those emotions? How do we create more opportunities for stuff like that to happen? Because it brings in more fan base. And as you said earlier, that generates money. So, so the spectacle uh, goes beyond the, even the grandstand goes beyond the field for sure. But even beyond the grandstand, or or, or is is it is it driven by the grandstand? Sure, it, it's absolutely driven by the grandstand, and it, it it's the effort to get the grandstand to cough up as much loot as they possibly can. Um, you know, uh, again, how many athletes are out there? who play a fantastic sport, or they're, they're really good at what they do, but nobody appreciates them because it's actually kind of boring to watch them do what they do all the time. Right. Whereas once you start kind of getting into the showboating and you start getting a little bit more into the, you know, the, the narrative, you know, LeBron James, another fantastic example of a guy who he's amazing at what he does, but part of the reason that his story is so cool is a oh, Cleveland guy who couldn't quite get it so he goes to Florida and then he comes back and he finally makes Cleveland champions that's a story anybody can sink their teeth into and and that is spectacle is it a sport a spectacle or a business oh I think when you get to the spectacle (laughs) part it's totally business yeah Yeah. Yeah. I mean there it's a sport but the sport becomes incidental you know we are there to watch a some kind of a momentous occasion that fills us all either with with passion and joy or dread and loathing so then so then it it kind of like the the spectacle uh merges the the grandstand with the with the activity on the field with the sport and 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 it kind of it's like uh it's like this this big monster that uh gets out of control this big thing that that uh, unites the two, because now the the grandstand is is essentially part. The, the grandstand is part of the spectacle as much as the sport is part of the spectacle. One uh, and the same. I mean, I mean, I still think that the the activity leads to the sport, and then when the sport reaches a certain pitch, the grandstand turns it into a spectacle, um, depending on how much they want to watch a certain thing, and and sometimes the What's actually happening on the field can be quite incidental to the rest of the, you know, to the rest of the show. Right. Um, I think another great example that you can talk about right now is politics. Uh, you know, you mentioned it, Donald Trump earlier. I mean, what is actually going on in the country or in the world is absolutely incidental to whatever Donald Trump does. He doesn't care about what the facts are or what the, you know what the policies actually mean or how they're going to impact the people, whatever. He is just up there giving people a show. He's out there to you know, give people something to talk about. And fortunately, it seems like people just want to keep, see more and more of whatever lunacy he's going to do, you know, whether it be eating Kentucky Fried Chicken with a fork and knife or <laughs> berating the parents of dead veterans or talking trash to Paul Ryan. It doesn't matter to him. He just wants to put on a show. Spectacle. Spectacle. Uh, go out and watch Olympics. 
Uh, they start, uh, well, by the time you hear this, they will already have started, so uh, make sure you watch. Uh, make sure you uh, sit and ponder on the questions that we dealt with. Uh, stay tuned for one final episode, the season finale, where the professor and I will wrap this season of Grandstanding up. And uh, that's all. That's it. Uh, anything else uh, you want to say, ushers? Uh, 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 one time, where do you think, uh, what, what, what section in the Grandstand do you think you'd be at if uh, you were uh, uh, an actual usher? If I was an actual usher, um, <laughs> I'd, be the, I'd be the usher closest to the bar. I'll say that I'm just an usher, and I only put you in your seat, and I typically put you in the wrong seat up in the box on purpose. <laughs> if you don't like it, get out of there. But, hey, maybe sometimes you want to step out of the box. I don't know. The, the the professor and I said that grandstanding is just uh, that sports are nothing more than a just gigantic uh, place for drinking a bar. That's it's the best yeah, bar it, I know. In, in the that's true. That in the whole when talking about all the factors, all the elements that go into the spectacle, um, we left out arguably the the most prevalent um, element. Um, which isn't a ball or the, the athletes, but it's, uh, it's, it's the booze. Right. You're not an usher, but if you had to be an usher, where would you like to be? Um, I, closest to the action, and I, I wouldn't even be paying attention to, <laughs> to, wouldn't even be doing my job. I'd just be watching the game. I, I, I would probably be in the same place. Uh, that's it, folks. Thank you for joining us. This was, I said it was elaborating, but this, is, this has been an invigorating uh, conversation uh, invigorating grandstand. Thank you, ushers. Thank you, professor. We're out. Thank you, gentlemen. Where's that air horn? Shh. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Let me get it for you. I'll give you the perfect sound. Beautiful. I'm going to name every Olympic sport that is going to be played and uh, uh, definitions that we've gone over aside uh, just just on guttural feeling about this sport activity just just call it call it what you think it is sport or uh, activity sport or spectacle okay ready yeah yeah archery sport professor badminton sport one time you got an easy one basketball sport beach volleyball sketch sport Professor, boxing. Sport. Canoe, slalom. Spectacle. <laughs> Canoe, sprint. Yeah, frankly, I don't know. You get to pass once. Uh, 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 one skip. Cycling, BMX. So, wait, cyc- or cycling or... Doing tricks. Tricks and shit. Yeah. No, I don't consider that a sport activity, but cycling, like, that I do consider a sport. Uh, cycling, mountain bike, uh, Mr. One Time. I think they're actually doing that for time, like going down a track or whatever so yeah that'd be a sport uh cycling just general road cycling sketch activity and i'm also gonna follow up on uh professor's last question of bmx and i call that a spectacle to be honest because they they have quite the crowd and they got a lot of fucking money in that these days oh i forgot the spectacle yes i agree i think you hit the nail on the head there when there's a judge and you're like trying to play it up for the judge yeah it's a spectacle Whoever puts on the best spectacle wins. Ah. There it is. 
Uh, uh, cycling on the track, Professor? Yes, uh, sport. Diving? Spectacle. Equestrian? Uh, personal satisfaction, sport. Uh, fencing? <laughs> um, activity. <laughs> sorry, f- sorry, Frida. <laughs> Frida <laughs> loves <laughs> fucking fencing. <laughs> uh, field hockey? Sport. Oh, sketch. I hope you get this one right. Golf? Bastards? Can I fucking... I'm going to say activity. That's not a fucking sport. Never will be. I don't give a shit who says anything about... That's an Olympic bastards. That doesn't count. Fuck. That is the fucking stupidest game. God made three mistakes. Uh, The possum. Golf. And the designated hitter. Uh, Everything else he got okay. Uh, uh, Professor Gymnastics. Spectacle. Handball. Uh... Uh, yeah, 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 sport. Remember when you were in jail? <laughs> what is that? Uh, That's for another episode. Judo. I would call that a, a personal activity, to be honest. Okay. Marathon swimming. Sport. Uh, modern pentathlon. Pentathlon, yeah. Uh, it's sport. <laughs> Rhythmic. All five things. Oh, fuck. It's, it's that. <laughs> Let me see. Um, javelin, the sprint, long jump, uh, high jump, and what's the the one with the weight that you have to chuck really far? Shot put. Shot put, yeah. Is that it? Oh, thanks. Mm-hmm. Is that correct or did you just make those up on the spot? That's pretty good. Wow. Uh, rhythm gymnastics, urban. Uh, the one that, sport that's... that the U.S. has never gotten a gold medal in, by the way. Can I call it dance? <laughs> yeah, it is dance. All right. Something I'm going to go with that. Uh, rowing, Professor. Um, I mean, so if we're just going gut reaction, uh, activity. Rugby sevens. Sport of the highest caliber. Sailing. Sketch. Rich sport. <laughs> <laughs> Shooting. Activity. Uh, soccer. It's a fucking show now, man. That's uh, a spe- I, yeah, it's a spectacle now. Uh, bourbon. Swimming. I think it could definitely be a sport. Yeah, for sure. sure. Synchronized swimming. Uh, synchronized swimming activity. Oh well, shit. Um, yeah, I mean, dude, if I'm gonna go with with Got what what, what yeah. comes first to mind, yeah. Table tennis. <laughs> That's a uh, tough one. Yeah, uh, but I'm gonna go ahead and say sport. Yeah, it's yeah. a game. It's a game. It is. You can win, but there's. Not that much physical activity. I don't care how good, like, how into it Forrest Gump had to be and all that. Taekwondo. Again, these, like, like the other one I think you gave me earlier, all martial arts, I'll consider they can be uh, activity if personal and also sport if competitive and whatnot, but I consider it, yeah, I'll go with activity. Tennis. Uh, sport. Track and field. Sport. Trampoline. How come you get all the fucking best ones, Kitch? Kid fun, man. Although, let, let me, quickly, I'll make it. I see, when I go to the park, there's these kids who have a, a small trampoline, maybe about three foot diameter, and they have, like, kind of a hard ball, maybe about six inches, and they do, like, the old game Foursquare. I'm not sure if you're familiar, but mm-hmm. they'll, like, slap this ball onto the trampoline and try to, like, slam it back and forth it's a mix between like volleyball, four square, and a trampoline, and these kids—they're pretty fucking intense. 
But trampoline by itself jumping? Fun. <laughs> <laughs> Triathlon. Sport. Volleyball. Not beach volleyball, right? Just volleyball. Okay, sport. <laughs> beach Water volleyball's polo. a spectacle to me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Water polo. You just like looking at that ass. I was just going to say that, but I wanted Skitch to say That's it. That's what the spectacle is. <laughs> Duh. Next one's booty watching. Okay, spectacle. Water polo. <laughs> sport. Weightlifting. Activity. Yeah. And then finally, last but not least, wrestling. Sport. Very fitting that we end with wrestling. <laughs>